Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Xamarin developers, covering the world of Xamarin, .NET, Azure, and more. I'm Matt Sokup. And I'm James Montemagna. Matt, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing wonderful, James. We just had WWDC go on, and it's like Christmas for all the iOS people out there. Yeah, I would say this dub dub we'll talk about later. It was really a spectacular, not only keynote, I thought. You know, keynotes are really marketing y, I would say, but they deliver some great content in there for iOS developers. But also, I uh, watched a lot of the deeper dive videos. They stream a lot of the videos just like we do for Build and mm-hmm. Google does. So you get to watch all those and they're on demand. So there's some really, really cool stuff that they're working on. But uh, I would say that there's just a lot of excitement there. I think, it, you know, anytime like we did a whole episode on Build last time, there's a right. lot of excitement. And Dub Dub, we'll talk about it a lot. We're not going to spend the whole episode because we have a lot of cool Xamarin updates. Yes, we do. And one thing I want to talk about, James, is... Um, I had this going earlier this year, and I just started it up again. We had some issues with how we got them scheduled, but that's all worked out is this thing I call office hours. And what we do with that is that anybody in the community can schedule 30 minutes of time with me to talk about anything at all that you want, whether it's just I've talked with people about how to get into public speaking, how to do some debugging, Mm -hmm. um, product features, anything at all. So aka.ms slash office dash hours. And you'll find this um, really cool thing that you can pick out anytime you want, schedule it with me, and uh, we'll sit around for 30 minutes and talk. And actually, one cool thing is that our good friend John Douglas, I actually brought him on to help debug an Android issue oh, cool. and during the last office hours I had. And only John would be able to figure it out. I mean, it was <laughs> really in-depth and tough. But yeah, John took care of it. It was awesome. Look at this. I'm going to... How did you even do this? This is amazing, this website. I want my own. It is a new feature of microsoft office called bookings well of 0365 i should say it's called bookings and what bookings is it's like made to set up like things like for haircuts and that for like small businesses Mm. but you can just set it up for a one-person shop which i am and it integrates right with uh, your calendar on outlook so that way we're not stopping on anybody's meetings and this works is, perfect. This is amazing. Yeah. This is the most amazing thing I've ever ever seen in my entire life. We used <laughs> to use Calendly before Calendarly or whatever it was, mm-hmm. which is very good. But that was the problem is you had to put in your – you could link it to calendars, but I'm always very wary of linking my work calendar to anything. That right. seems like a not going to happen type of thing. So this seems up my alley. I like how you have your little icon here. I'm going to schedule some time with you. Looks like you're available on the 13th at 11 a.m. Perfect. Get my 30 minutes in. That's cool. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I've always wanted to do more of that, and I think it's uh, cool to interact more and more. So you can always bring me on if you want. For the third person that schedules after Monday, James will be on as a special guest. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Okay, well, let's get into some Xamarin news and some new releases. Uh, Yeah. You may have heard a little update to Xamarin Forms has been released. A little update. I think the first number and it just changed. So a major update has occurred. Uh, a, a major non-breaking update is more of a, I love version numbers because they don't really, they don't always mean anything. Uh, you know, when Xamarin Forms 4.0 just came out and more than anything, it sort of introduces a brand new shift for how you could potentially structure your application. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things in here. So there's there's shell, there's new image sources, there's new tab ordering, accessibility features, fast renderers, a bunch of other fixtures, like hundreds of bugs fixes, all those things, you know, great community contributions. And that's what I love about the blog posts is David 
writes out all the contributors to all the pull requests and everything that went into here from the smallest to the largest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Shell is the biggest one uh, in general, which I think we can probably spend maybe the most of time on just in general because I've played around with it a little bit. Yeah, so have I. Shell is it's a container for your app. It's a shell, right? It is. It's in the name. It's in the name. It's the shell. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I was at when I was at Build with Miguel. I really tried to how to figure out how to describe it accurately, and I call it this container. It's a shell. It's a container of how you can potentially structure and organize your application. And it's opinionated, which is something I actually like about it. Mm. It really kind of tells you how you're going to do it. If you want a flyout menu, it's going to give you a flyout menu the way it wants a flyout menu. Yeah, which which is nice. You don't have to think about it, which actually makes it a little bit more easy when you're actually developing it, where you can just in the XAML you just have like flyout menu and you put your your item within it, which loads up a page then. Yeah, and it's pretty brief syntax, at least in the XAML portion of it. Yeah, they really cleaned it up. This was in the works for a long time, and a lot of feedback from the community. Uh, while they were live streaming from our MVPs, from developers that were using it, and they changed the names completely. They changed the structuring of it. They changed a lot of the options of it because uh, they wanted it to be something that the majority of developers could use. It's not going to be for everyone, mm-hmm. but it could be for the 50, 60, 70, 80% of applications. So the shell really says, hey, let me show you how to for all intents and purposes, theme your entire application with a set of resources at app level, and then also how to lay out your controls. So you mentioned flyout. There's top tabs, bottom tabs. Um, you can mix and match them together. You can specify your items, and it handles everything for you. And can you override it with a custom renderer? Sure, but at that point, then should you be using it if that's the case? Yeah, you know, see how it fits for your application, but. The coolest part, I think, of it is beyond it having like proper tabs that you don't have to think about for the first time. They can go up and down and all over the place is the URI routing. That was crazy because you're using URI routing. You're putting query strings in there if you want to pass data around. It was awesome. The first time I used it, it's like, are you serious? I'm putting a query string into something and I'm just going to say shell.current. Go. Go. Pop. Yeah. <laughs> Pop and push. And yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's funny to think about how mobile apps over the years have really uh, started to have some deeper integration to how bits of the web work. So Google with app indexing, they really said, hey, your app is, you know, has pages, has content. And so does your website. Let's link those together. And you could always do app linking, but now Shell sort of says, hey, let's take that paradigm of going to a details page of a cat or a dog or a monkey and then passing an identifier. So you don't have to magically figure that out, right? You'd have to usually create the page. You'd have to push it across, set different properties, figure out how to pass data. But now you can have that automatically happen. And that's exactly it. What it's doing is it's doing the things that you're going to have to do for your app anyway. Like you would have to create the whole tab layout mm-hmm. and it's going to do this for you anyway. It's going to give you a nice way of doing it and it's going to give you a nice way to navigate to other pages, pass the data. So stuff that you're going to have to reinvent for every app that you do, it gives you a framework to do that from the get-go. Yeah. And the nice thing is that on top of all of it, it it's it's since it's a kind of structure of your application and a container for your application layout, it doesn't mean that you're rewriting anything. You know, you are plugging in pages into the shell. 
So I updated the Handsome and Forms app to do it and use it. And I was able to kind of get rid of a lot of the cruft around how I was constructing the tabs. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just put it into a shell and it was very minimal code. I, I, I didn't, I no longer had to worry about, I'm going to create the tabbed page and there's going to be navigation pages inside of it and this and that and all this stuff. And, and what's nice is that if you're using the existing navigation, it still works with that. Right. So kind of cool. Right. Just lets you concentrate on your application logic that much more. Yeah. Then there's going to be a whole bunch of really cool things built into it. Like I know they already have the uh, search bar. You're right. Which is really cool. So it's really integrated into the top navigation and made it really easy to hide and remove, you know, uh, tab bars or navigation bars, like as you push and pop. So you have a lot of customization there. So it's, while it's still like opinionated, it gives you some flexibility. Right. Everything that's in there, you don't have to use it if you don't need it. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of fast renderers to make things faster. Mm -hmm. And that's an older feature that's now on by default. I love when things are on by default. Yeah. Yeah. And I updated all my apps to 4.0, by the way. Oh, yeah? No issues. No issues. Perfect. Nothing. Nothing. Everything was great. Did you get some squigglies for the new image source unification? Did you deep dive into that? I haven't deep dived in, into it, but I know what we're dealing with. That the uh, Let's say you have a background image or a background image source, and it's the same thing as like your icon mm -hmm. source now. They all implement the same interface, essentially. Yeah, and then this is really nice because previously where you maybe could only set an image or a background image or something like that or an icon in one way and other ones would have like four ways and different you know sources now you just have one way of doing it for everything right so it's just a unification it's not a breaking change because your old code still works technically <laughs> but eventually it'll be deprecated right so you probably want to start to to move over from there right yeah cool and another cool thing that we have going on now with 4.0 is tab ordering, mm -hmm. which definitely helps with accessibility as well. So now you know where the essentially the input, the focus is going to go in order, which helps obviously with the accessibility so you can provide, I guess, prompts that yeah. way. Yeah, there's a, there been so many improvements with forms, right? I mean, when you think of 4.0, I actually don't think, I think of it as more of this too because... When I present Xamarin Forms 4.0, I'm like, you know what? Yes, Shell is the major feature, but I really think that 4.0 seems to be the launching point for like all the visual stuff that was going in into the product. And then even Collection View, even though it's still in preview, I sort of think of all of that in there because there's been so many optimizations and advancements to those different libraries. They've added more controls into it um, that it really feels like. If I was presenting 4.0, it wouldn't just be here shell, here's visual, here's a collection view, here's the, you know, the carousel previews that we have going on. And that feels like a, a really big, nice release because often you're not, you don't always hit every single point release, you know, sometimes you go to the big ones, you're like, oh, what's all new? So mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about visual. It's like, oh, that was released already. I thought that was a 4.0 feature. Things are just constantly going, which is pretty, which is awesome. Which is almost, I think it's better, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's more releases more often. Right. That's what you want. Yeah, it kind of feels like the Visual Studio cadence. Like, all, we were going through the releases, and I was like, since the last, you know, release, like, we had, what, new previews of Visual Studio 16.1, and Telecode's on by default. Mm -hmm. There's some crazy new features in it. Like, I was just typing, um, I had Xamarin Essentials installed, and I would ta tap it, like, uh, email. And it was like, oh, you mean the one that's in this statement? Like, bring in stuff for me. I was like, I just, I just am updating little point releases, and new things are lighting up all the time. Right. Yeah, so cool. Uh, but yeah, we also did a bunch of crazy stuff. We did a live stream. Did you watch the live stream? 
Not yet, James. Oh. I haven't watched it yet. Well, if you guys well, it's see- a live stream, right? So how can I catch up on it? Great question. So David uh, and the team uh, organized a Xamarin Forms 4.0 launch event. Mm. Sounds interesting. Yes. And we streamed on the new Xamarin developers, YouTube and Twitch, of course. Uh, and it was really fun. I got to MC it. So I, I really didn't. I got to sit back, ask questions and tune in because it was really it was David and Sam and a bunch of uh, Rui and a bunch of people from the team that were on. And we had hundreds and thousands of people tune in. Uh, and then now thousands of people have watched it on demand on the YouTube, on the Xamarin Developers YouTube. But it's really cool. Like it's it was really good interactions. Uh, David did a, pr- a quick presentation of what's new, deep dive into Shell, a lot of topics on Shell, lots of questions, and then went into some of the other um, topics. So if you really want, really want some deep dives, have some time to watch through that, totally worth doing. Sweet. We'll put it on the show notes for sure so everybody can go out there and see it. Oh, and one more thing, James, I want to say about 4.0. My first pull request is Xamarin Forms. It's in it. Oh, what'd you do? It was just on the, uh, I shouldn't say just, it was a major, major feature. And the, I forgot what it even was. It's, <laughs> it's a custom renderer on the, or not a custom renderer, but one of the renderers for the label, an effect for the shadow to make uh-huh. it on there. So just doing a null check, got a bug, got the PR in there. Nice. Done. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, my first PR, to piggyback on your first PR, is actually shipping soon. Hmm. What version? Five, six, or? 4.1. 4.1. Because <laughs> it's already available <laughs> nice. in a pre-release. Can you imagine 4.0 comes out and you got 4.1? Wow. Uh, they're moving that quick. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's super duper good. Uh, David just put out a great blog post. And I got I got highlighted. I feel so great. Look at David put my name <laughs> in it uh, because I added a, a checkbox. The, at least the initial state, we had a lot of good co- uh, community contributions on top of it. And they also added visual support to it, too, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> so really funny. But uh, they, uh, yeah, they totally updated it. They, um, I added a checkbox. I really wanted a checkbox forever. <laughs> I just really wanted it. I said, it's not a UI toolkit until I get a checkbox. Um, but they took it really far. I worked originally with Frank Krueger on the iOS version of it because the default is a circle on there. But there's, a, of course, a material version as well. Uh, UWP now has colors thanks to, um, I think Shane did the implementation, but I also implemented it on uh, Mac OS and I think WPF as well. So like all the different you know, other ones out there, uh, which is cool. So that was one thing. It's in 4.1, gets feedback out there. It's just checkbox. It's cool. Uh, there's also some new text scaling improvements for iOS accessibility. Always need more accessibility features uh, and maps. Yeah, I was reading through this maps thing. It is amazing. Amazing that you can put in, you can generate your pins based off of bindings mm-hmm. on it. That's how long did you want that? Ever, forever, Ever. forever. Well, you know, maps, maps is always that weird one, right? It's like, it's an extra package. Not every app need maps. And then when you do, you're like, man, I wish it did more. And now it does mm-hmm. do more. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. So you got, you got that, uh, you can use data template selectors for them, which is really cool. And you can click on them and find out where. Where you clicked on them. Amazing. <laughs> so that's really cool. Yeah, so if you're using Maps, that's going to be nice. There's a bunch of other updates, too. Go check out the blog posts. All sorts of great updates on visual and all sorts of other things uh, in there as well. But I thought it was pretty cool. I'm, I love, I don't know, I love updates. Always be updating. Always. Yeah. 4.1 out today. Get it. Biggest really, well, I can't, it literally came out as we're recording. Like, I didn't even know it was coming out. And then I opened the blog, and there it was. Yep. Crazy. 
Awesome. So what else is some big news? Where are you going to be in July? Where do you want to be in July? I want to be in Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas for the Xamarin Developer Summit. Now, this thing is brand new. First year that is ever being run. And there's an amazing lineup of speakers, both from Microsoft and from the community at large. And it's going to be two days, over 40 sessions, two workshops, and two different keynotes, which is more than what we could ever ask for. (laughs) And it's cool. I mean, it's a conference that is focused 100% on Xamarin. Yeah. And we haven't had those since... Well, a conference which shall not be named anymore, but <laughs> yeah, we we had a lot of you know a lot of there's a lot of great community events that happen all over, and like Xamarin Developer Days run by some um, great community members uh, that have run some other conferences in the past as well. And yeah, you're right; it, it's cool to have you know when I go and present, you present at conferences, we o- always usually only get to scratch the surface of things. Mm-hmm. So this will be some really deep technical content, right? And that's amazing on it. Yeah, so I'll be there. Uh, myself, Maddie, and David will have one of the keynotes. Uh, the session's live on XamarinDeveloperSummit.com. You can go there. The first keynote uh, that we have is a glimpse into the future of Xamarin. Amazing. Just a glimpse, though. Not Quick. The... It's it's a five-minute keynote. <laughs> it's just a glimpse. Uh, and then Donovan is doing uh, a keynote on uh, mobile DevOps, like end-to-end story, a story of DevOps. Oh, cool. So, and you have some sessions too, correct? Yep. I'm doing a session. Me and uh, my colleague, Brandon Minnick, we're going to go over in 60 minutes or less every API in Xamarin Essentials. Good luck. Yep. Good <laughs> so, luck. stop innovating on that. Just cut it down. <laughs> well, we are soon going to release 1.2, so I hope you incorporate that into your <laughs> uh, your stuff. And then I'm doing another session on streaming media with uh, Xamarin as well. Mm-hmm. So, I'm hoping to build like something like a Facebook Live or something like that where you can actually broadcast out and people can watch. Very cool. So, Nice. I like that. Yeah. There's going to be all sorts of good stuff. I like that. I'm going to be trying to do one on uh, SignalR, a deeper dive on SignalR. There's some, there's just topics on everything. Uh, Alexander is doing one on accessibility. Um, our good friend Stonus will be there with Reactive UI. Um, who else is going to be there? Uh, Sweeky from the mobile uh, customer advisory team. She's going to do one on uh, UI test best practices. I'm shocked that you're not doing one on Azure ADB to see what's going on. I thought you were that was. Your <laughs> I'll thing. have to work it into the one I'm doing. Mm. Like you have to log in first in order to uh, do it. Log it. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of amazing speakers you can go through from uh, tons, obviously from from Microsoft, from all from the App Center team's going to be there. Uh, DevOps team will be there. The the, the developer uh, advocate team will be there. The PMs will be there. Engineers will be there. And we're also going to have a big Microsoft area, too, where you can come and mingle with us 24-7. It's it's not like a booth. It's like a lounge almost where we'll have just, you know, uh, big comfy couches with, like, tables in front. um, And you can bust out your your machine, show us your code, show us the apps that you're working on. Just come talk and chat with us. We'll be there just hanging around, get some swag. We're going to be giving away lots of monkeys and backpacks and probably Bluetooth speakers, a whole bunch of Zamagon stuff everywhere. I mean, just swag for days. That's the plan. James's new nickname is the King of Swag. Bring, trying to bring it back. Bring it back. A lot of these times, though, the conferences, what we're going to call the hallway track when you're not in the sessions, that's one of the best times. And they're just the informal conversations you have with the product team or just with your fellow attendees. Yeah. That's when you learn the most to make great great connections yeah i'm a fan 
Well, cool. I hope that you meet us there because we're all going to be there. So come on down. Uh, now, a few updates that I want to talk about in the world of Android before we get to DubDub. So I did a few blog posts in the last month talking about some kind of major changes to Android and Google Play itself. Mm-hmm. So the first one from a while ago was something not new, but something that you may be experiencing um, when you do file new or maybe updating your Android SDKs. Because a lot of developers, you know, we have to go in, update things. But now file new defaults to Android 9.0. It has for a little bit, I think since 16.0. And that's the first time I sort of noticed it, which is they turned off clear text um, on web requests. So if you don't have HTTPS security, nothing shows up in your app. So no (laughs) images, no web requests, and you just get a no. No exceptions? You, I think it just logs. It just like logs something. Oh. It just says no, and it just returns null. Basically, it just it denies the request. Okay. So you're probably catching that request and then popping up something. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and why they do this is extra security measures. So you of course should always be using HTTPS, but if you have some sort of reason that you need it, you can set up. Um, Android, just like iOS, on a per-domain basis. So you can say only this or even this subdomain um, can be visible. Or you can say, you know what, everything always on all versions of Android needs to be HTTPS, and you can turn that on too. And I walk through that. Cool. But the biggest change is to Google Play um, and 64 bits, twice the bits. Twice the bits. That mean twice the app size, twice the speed. Fill me in. No, not twice. No, no. So uh, 64 bits. So iOS for a long time has had 64-bit requirements when uploading applications to the App Store. Okay. When you compile your application for 64-bit specifically, uh, that means that um, any CPUs that are 64-bit will take advantage of it. So your apps will be faster. Um, They shouldn't be bigger. Uh, Now, you're adding a new architecture to your app. So there will be some app increase in size. But on iOS, usually... There used to be like uh, ARM 7A or 7 and then 7S, and you don't really need to build for all of them. You just need to pick one or two. Right. On Android, normally we would do ARM 7 uh, and maybe x86, and now you will need to soon make sure that you upload a ARM V8 64-bit version, which is another checkbox inside of there. And this is because Google, while they have supported 64-bit for what did I say since Android Lollipop in the post, which is what, five, four and a half years ago, five years ago? Uh, they're now requiring it on new app updates starting in, what did I put? I think it's in August or something like that. Uh, it's just a checkbox. It's been the default, though. So okay. you, you may not have gotten an email from Google, but if you did, don't be worried. You just check a checkbox. You're good to go. So Cool. Yeah. Cool. So as we alluded to at the beginning of the pod, something happened earlier this week. WWDC, or Apple's big worldwide developer conference. And I want to just ask you, James, what's your favorite new feature that they announced? Sign in with Apple. Sign in with Apple. Controversy around that thing, too. Uh, Now, I'm a fan of the feature itself. Uh, I don't know about if requirements or if everybody will be forced to opt into it or not. But I was a big fan of that, which is not really a big revolutionary change but i like it because if you have to sign up for a lot of apps especially if you're trying them out 
you have to sign up for a service or log in with a Twitter or Google, and you don't want everyone to have access to everything. So Apple will assign a random email address to every single app for you automatically and then relay that email to your email. So it's a really cool uh, way of doing it. And it's available for across all Apple devices, but they're also going to have a web version of it of some sort. So they did say the words Android and web on stage. So you should be able to sign in with Apple from your Android device. That's what they said. <laughs> I thought it was only for Apple. Like you needed an iOS device to do it, but I don't know. No, no, they're going to have it. And that's why, you know, they won't have probably the native integration SDK. Okay. They should though. But uh, from my understanding, it'll be very similar to like, you know, when you log in with uh, Azure AD. Right. And it, it launches the, the Chrome custom tabs and mm-hmm. then you log in. I think it'll be that same thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So did that change your mind? Are you not going to get an iOS device then? I don't know. I did tweet that uh, it may be the first time I get it. And then I think uh, Miguel passed out when he read that. <laughs> so he was in disbelief. So, th- I mean, there's a lot of other cool features. I did, uh, Frank and I did a really, really deep dive on Merge Conflict, the other podcasts I do. For an a- over an hour, we talked on not only the keynote, but also some of the other sessions that were live streamed, which was cool. Um, so that was my favorite feature. What about you? Um, I have to admit that feature did catch my eye. Mm-hmm. Another one that I rolled my eyes at. That was dark mode. Okay. I mean, it's like, come on. Get that dark mode. Yeah, right? How's that, how that the number one thing that they announced, <laughs> right? Yeah. I understand why some people like it, but I'm light mode all the way. Okay. And um, what I did like, even though this really, I know it's kind of just marketing talk, is the iPad OS. Mm. You know, it's more just APIs that they put into it. But I like the fact that the iPad is going to become really more of a computer replacement, more of a laptop replacement. And yeah. I, I really like where they're going with that. Which kind of plays into the marzipan slash catalyst conversation there. Yeah, it was a big year for the iPad. I think iPad OS, Frank and I talked about this as well, very marketing. It's still iOS. It's still just a normal app. A lot of people were confused. I think it caused confusion. Yeah, more than anything. Yeah, they're like, oh, do I have to recompile my app? Like, is it, do I have two apps? Like, no, you just have one app, still just the checkbox, but you have new APIs for iPad and what would be cool there is, you know, in Xamarin Forms, you have that on-platform type of discussion. Mm-hmm. I think that this could light up some really cool Forms features around tablets because I don't think that the tablets sometimes get the love no. from from ev- anybody. No. Yeah. No, I agree. So. Yeah, so Catalyst, do you want to give a breakdown on what, what that is? Um. So what Catalyst does is that it helps when you, when you, let's say you're writing an iPad app, right? And that eventually, sort of, you're going to be able to write it for both macOS and iOS. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, interesting, right? But So I can't really give you a deep dive on it because it's just kind of, I'll be honest, what I know about WWDC came from Merge Conflict. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time to really dig into it yet. But so, I mean, Marzipan, Catalyst, I'm going to watch your play. It has two different code names to it. Well, Marzipan but, was the, that's what everyone on the internet thought it was going to be called. Oh, really? Yeah. And the Project Catalyst <laughs> was there, like, we don't like Marzipan, so we'll call it. Project Catalyst is not a good name either, but it's a code name. Right. So how's my understanding of it so far? It's good. It's literally a checkbox. And then you take your iPad app or iPhone app and it recompiles it to be a Mac OS app. All right. That's it. That's that's pretty cool. That's, that's amazing. Literally, Apple just added a I mean, it, technically, Xamarin Forms already supports Mac OS, but this means that you literally have to do no work. Right. And you just check a checkbox 
once our tooling is finished and the thing's actually mm-hmm. official. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because it's, it, you know, you need to update to the new version of macOS. You need the new version of Xcode. Like in Xamarin, we'll write the, the, the team will work on the tooling, obviously, for it. But in all intensive purposes, you could take any of your apps and then put it on the Mac. Free Mac apps. Free Mac apps. Open up those app stores, start collecting the money. Free well, Mac apps. I think this will be this will really help. Uh, definitely, Xamarin, Xamarin forms Mac uh, part of it too. Because why would you ever really want to write the old app kit stuff anymore? You right. you might as well just say, hey, listen, if you want to build a Mac app, I'm not sure if this is what the forms team is going to do, but in my my plan, if you have feedback on it, let us know right into the show. But my thought is, yeah, just if you're writing a Xamarin Forms iOS app, like you get, it, you can already do on desktop, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah. They just flip that bit to figure out that it's a Mac app. Done. It makes a lot of sense from Apple's standpoint. Why would you want to not? Ex- why would you want to exclude a platform mm-hmm. if you can make a technology that flip a switch and yeah. compiles for everyone? Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense, and actually, is really cool. Yeah, I'm all about it. Super cool. Yeah, dub dub. Anyways, go watch the stuff. Go listen to the podcast. We'll put those links in the show notes. Sweet. So some other big, big news. As we mentioned this on the previous podcast, maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. maybe two months ago. I'm not sure. But finally, going to get around to it, James. Partly cloudy. Mm-hmm. So we're rebooting the Xamarin YouTube channel. That's where the forums 4.0 live stream lives now. And another thing I'm going to be doing on it is a show called Partly Cloudy. It has a nice little ring to it. It does. But so it's going to be it's going to be mobile development topics with some cloud thrown into it. So mobile cloud development topics. And the first thing I'm going to take on is I'm not going to say a rewrite of the Microsoft News app because that is a Xamarin app. But um, we're going to rewrite it. We're going <laughs> to we're going to show just some how we would go about it. I mean, go about doing it Um, cognitive services has a news API. So that's what we're going to use. We're going to throw some little app center into it, with some Cosmos DB do some DevOps on it. Um, we're going to be using the App Center MBAS services mm-hmm. to some DevOps on it. With um, We'll see if App Center can do it. When I say, of course, it can, but we might either do App Center or Azure DevOps. I haven't decided which way we'll go with it. But essentially, it's going to be 15-minute shows, nice, easily digestible pieces, exploring some pieces of cloud development with mobile and some pieces just pure mobile development mm-hmm. or maybe some pieces where it sits in between. Nice. Very cool. That's exciting because, you know, taking a real world example and then not just building a single piece but building all the pieces is a uh, quite a quite a great idea so i'm excited for that yeah i'm looking forward to it nice what else has happened in the world of cloud since we're we're now maybe the the skies have parted and now let the cloud wait no no the the clouds have come in the clouds have come in the clouds have come in it's now rainy (laughs) it's now rainy so what's happened in the world of cloud development since it's now rainy we'll talk about my favorite topic Authentication. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got, we got a little MSAL in there. All yep. right. So MSAL for the longest, longest time was always in preview, right? Mm-hmm. Well, MSAL 3.0, which came out maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit longer, was GA, right? So yep. it's out of preview. And much like Xamarin Forms, constantly innovating, it's MSAL 4.0 already. Quick. Right? So that just came out earlier this week. And some of the cool things, other than it's GA and it's totally cool to put it in all your applications now, is that um, async token caching. Before, whenever you had to cache your tokens on device, it would block. So asynchronous, so that's cool. Mm. And if you're building a .NET Core app, so this is not in the Xamarin realm, 
before it didn't use um, browser because there's no browser in .NET Core, right? Mm. So now what it does is it just looks for the system browser and uh, launches that so you can use your, like, essentially it's like using Chrome custom tabs, but onboard oh, regular cool. browser. Very cool. Windows. So, yeah, check it out. MCEL 4.0 is out there in the wild and lots of fun. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, very cool. That's crazy. That's, I, I have definitely updated things, and they have, like, a nice uh, breakdown on GitHub of all the changes and things like that. So uh, very cool. Yeah, I wonder how that plays in with the you know, App Center identity stuff. It sits on top of some of the stuff, right? Or right. No? So what App Center did is they took the MCEL library and they wrapped it up. Mm. They gave it a nicer, easier um, API surface. Gotcha. So it's a little bit simpler to use. Yeah. So the MCEL, you can really get down and deep into yeah. your um, into the authentication and how you want to do things. App Center just wrapped it up and gave you an easier way to get at things. That makes sense. So it's using MCEL underneath the covers, though. Like that. Very cool. Uh, last week... Or last week, last month, we <laughs> talked about how free Microsoft Learn is. Wait a second. How much does it cost? Zero dollars <laughs> and zero cents. You know why? Uh-uh. Because it's free. It's free. Uh, <laughs> little did you know, you could go to aka.ms slash learn hyphen Xamarin, and that will bring you over to all of the Microsoft Learn topics. Now, I don't think that we talked about all of what's in there or what that means when you go there. So I figured we'd just talk about it again. Yeah. No, that's a great idea. Yeah, not only do you have all the great free Xamarin topics in there, you also have tons of other things. Like if you wanted to learn about Docker, mm-hmm. go there, check it out. Um, Azure Functions, there it is. App Services, there it is. But what's cool about the Azure ones is that it allows you to set up this Cloud Shell. And I think we talked about Cloud Shell in the last episode too. Mm-hmm. So Cloud Shell is pretty much is in your web browser. You can start up like this Bash or PowerShell shell and what you can do then is just go through these uh, tutorials step by step and then enter the commands as is so you're actually firing up a real docker container as you go through it so it's like hands-on learning you type as you go and you actually have an instance of azure sandboxed ready to go and it's um the pricing on it's really low it's i think it's Free. Oh, it's free. free. Oh, so everything's yep. free. That's right. Uh, yeah, and then when you go through these, especially when you know, I was looking through the the browse, and let's see, type in Xamarin and go to that the URL. What you'll see is that there are these modules, and then there are learning paths. Yep. And I didn't realize this at first because they're all kind of jumbled together when you search for them. Uh, but look for the learning paths instead of the modules. The modules are fine to go through. But the learning paths, for instance, there's a build mobile apps with Xamarin Forms, and that consists of 10 modules that will guide you through everything that you sort of need to, to do um, stored. So the, all the individual modules are there, but those modules are part of a learning path. So that's actually what you want to go to and look for those first. Right. Yep. The learning paths, the overall course, and the modules like is an individual class within the course. Exactly. So if you want to learn about something specific, if not, you got all the things. Just give it a look for sure. Wonderful. Yep. Microsoft Learn. It is free. Free. It's free. Cool. So another thing that we that I we used to do on here is talk about what's new in Azure, a brand new feature. But you know what? They innovate really fast. If you go like to the Azure blog, you'll see a post or two posts every day. What's new? A little new feature in Azure here and there. So what I wanted to start talking about is just a product in Azure, a service that maybe a lot of people don't know about or they don't know what it does. So instead of talking about 
you know what, we have this brand new feature in Event Grid that does this. And we'll just talk, start talking about what is Event Grid. What is Event Grid? What is it? Glad you asked. <laughs> so what Event Grid does is that it, oh, it handles events. On a grid? On a grid. Oh, okay. Well, maybe not so much on a grid, but... What off it, the grid. Off, off the, the grid. grid. Yeah, it takes it off the grid, makes it free. No, it doesn't make it free. <laughs> but <laughs> what it does is that um, it's... You think of it as serverless event handling. So what's cool about serverless, and what I always think about when I think about serverless is that it scales to zero. So something isn't always running, and when it scales to zero, you're not paying for it. So that's cool. Events are kind of like a push model. You're not going to have to go and pull for anything that might be running. So let's say in this example then, you have a shopping cart or mm-hmm. something like that, an inventory application, and you update a product in your inventory. It sends out an event. You updated it in table storage. It sends out that event, and then that event can kick off a bunch of other workflows for you, whether that's an Azure function, whether that's a Logic app. All the Azure um, services integrate natively with this event grid. And what's cool about this is that Event Grid then guarantees delivery of that event within 24 hours. It saves it to um, storage, Azure Storage. If it doesn't get there, you can set up um, retry policies and everything. So what it does is it gives you a way to manage all your events, mm. all your messaging in one single spot. Oh, cool. So, so when you're setting up these different workflows, these other things, like say if you update an inventory item, and you want to have it sent an email to like an inventory person manager, you can just set up that email functionality separate. Like write that code. You don't have mm-hmm. to worry about writing the whole workflow, God. for instance. So it's just a way to manage a bunch of little pieces of code together based off of events that would come in. And it works seamlessly. It fits right in with all the other Azure services. Very cool. I like yeah. that. I've been getting more into the event-driven type of um, workflow on my back end. So traditionally, you sort of think of, I'm just going to build this website and web server that's sort of 24 hours running. But like you said, it's this event-driven thing. It's just triggered. Uh, and I recently have been spending a lot of time on Hanselman Forms, mm-hmm. which is this app that I built for Hanselman many years ago. And I've been updating it with just about every single thing that we've talked about on this podcast. So I've been updating with Xamarin.Forms 4.0 and with Shell and with Visual, and I've been updating it with Azure Functions for the back end. So uh, I won't go too deep into it, but uh, I recorded a live stream and a whole podcast uh, on how I was modernizing Hanselman Forms with the latest features of Xamarin Forms, and also with Azure Functions to replace the back end, where previously there was none, uh, which meant that I was relying on all of Hanselman's RSS feeds and Twitter APIs. And I replaced all of that with just um, like less than 100 lines of code of Azure Functions, which automatically handles querying all of the tweets, storing the tweets, and creating a RESTful API for my mobile app. And it has super optimized my mobile app. It's shrunk down the data that's that the app needs to deserialize. It used to be 5 megs. Now it's 5 kilobytes. Wow. That makes no way. Your, yeah, it makes your app a lot faster. <laughs> well, when you think about an RSS feed, right, it's huge. Right, right. Yeah, it's all verbose and you have all that, yeah, all that data in it. So now I do that on the server and I store a tiny little JSON file with just mm-hmm. the bits of information I need. Nice. So it's very cool. So definitely give that a look. But that's going to do it for all the news and updates and events. So it's time for the pick of the pod. The pick of the pod. 
Yes. So I'm going to, I guess, cheat on this one, James. Again. Uh, no, I thought you cheated last month. Oh, okay. But yeah, anyways, I'm cheating this month. And I'm going to um, Xamarin Forms 4.0, pick up my favorite feature, and it's going to be Shell. Just because it's so, so nice to spin up a new application and not have to worry about setting up the tabs, setting up the flyout, setting up navigation. It works. It's great. Check it out. It's my pick of the pod. It's going to be my pick of the pod for the next 10 pods. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, so I, I do like Shell. I'm not going to cheap out on this one and just only pick it. Um, so I have a pick from our good friend Stephen Thuisen, who I'm probably never going to get his last name right, but no one ever gets Montemagno right. So, And I only said Soak Up wrong for five years so i even started saying it wrong oh gosh no no that's bad no that's bad that's bad so i'm gonna pick out steven's uh xamarin forms uh um component that's called pancake view sounds delicious it does sound delicious because while i do i mean waffles obviously way better than pancakes <laughs> definitely are pancakes are still very delicious right you know, when you when you're like oh i don't want to get down the waffle iron you're like I'll just make that waffle right. pancake. Pancakes are like flat waffles, right? Kind of. <laughs> they are like flat waffles. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so really what this pancake view does is you can think of it as a super souped up, like really saucy frame uh, with a bunch of really cool extension properties. One, it has gradients built right in. <sighs> gradients. Uh, all the cool kids are using gradients. So you can use it as a full background if you want, like just wrap everything in it. Boom instead of a stack layout. But then you can do things such as add rounded corners, uh, which you're like, well, I can do that on a frame, but you can control every single wow. corner, okay? So you can um, adjust, obviously, the gradient, but you can do the border thickness. You can see if it's dashed or not, if it has a frame like thickness around it, if it has a drop shadow on top of it. So you can do really, really complex uh, things just in general with it on top of what a frame normally offers and that's available it's been out for a long time he has a bunch of really cool packages available but this is one that i've been starting to use because i needed some gradients cool yeah and i took a look at this i mean it's the first time i'm seeing it and on the uh gif that he steven has on the github page yeah, it looks like the first thing my impression was it looks like a super great frame yeah for xamarin forms yeah it's super good so give that a look if you're in the need uh, and it's all open source and it has a really cool icon for it too, which I really appreciate. Yeah, it so, does. Yeah. looks like a flat waffle. It does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it for this week's, this month's, geez, we, we need to start recording every week because I'm going to keep saying that. And this month's uh, Xamarin Podcast, you can, of course, go to XamarinPodcast.com. There's a contact button up there. You can click contact. We get those. We read those. We super appreciate those. You can subscribe in all your favorite podcast applications. Let all of your coworkers know all about the Xamarin Podcast by sending them a link to the Xamarin Podcast. Because you know how much this podcast costs? Oh, gosh. I think it's free. I think it's free. It costs zero dollars. It's free. So go share it out to the world. We thank everyone. Matt, as always, thanks for being the host and being amazing. Thank you, James. Yes. All right. Cheers. Bye. 